Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We welcome you and are glad you're with us here for the next couple of hours as we talk uh, sports with you. Uh, The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Busy day for a Friday. Kind of has that uh, August feel. Kind of has a winter feel in some respects. If you've been outside, my God. Uh, Anyways, uh, Joe O'Donnell will join us, the voice of the Iowa Wild, to talk about the Minnesota Wild at 10.15. We will have a Game 7 in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. And Joe will be here. How can Minnesota advance? Uh, what's it going to take to get past those pesky Golden Knights in a T-Mobile arena that will be rocking? You can catch the game tonight uh, at 8 o'clock at NBCSN, correct, Trent? Yes. yes. Not the big network. They're saving that one for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will have hockey in a Game 7 tonight. Bama Bob, Trent, and I have a number of topics we're going to discuss regarding college football at 10.35 as the schedules were released, as was uh, anticipated yesterday. Yesterday, and uh, certainly some interesting nuggets that came out of that, including an embarrassing display by Oklahoma. Uh, as they put now, I get why they did it. They want to embarrass the hell out of Nebraska. It'd be a great recruiting tool for the country to be forced to watch that in prime time. But the game's going to stink. And as we remind uh, Castleone at uh, at Oklahoma. The Red River Shootouts played every year at 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. That game has somehow survived an 11 o'clock kick. Biggest game of college football every year, Ohio State-Michigan. It's, it's same deal. 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I, I get it. And look, I've been a proponent of moving the Red River rivalry, whatever we call it now. It's um, a shootout. It is. It always will be to me, but this is 2021 train it's content. True. That's true. Um well, we can't. You got the fair, and you just it just won't work. It's got to be played at 11. Uh, so Oklahoma and Nebraska will be played at 11. But we'll get into, I don't know how much we'll get into that with Bama, but we've got a number of topics that we will toss around. Then 11 o'clock gets here, and Dave Sproul will kick it off. Iowa State, they've got a bunch of games we now know when they are going to kick. Dave Sproul will join us at 11.05. Then we'll go to the other side of the state with our friend Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com number of issues to talk about with Tom, including some kickoff times. Just let me stop here yes. before we get into what we saw yesterday, and we obviously want to get to the bias play. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that there's been nary a peep uh, out of the Bohannon. I'm going to call it an assault. certainly looked like that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever uh, precipitated that, we don't know. But here's Friday. This happened last Saturday? Yes, yeah. Into Sunday morning, yeah. Um, into Sunday morning. There's video. Mm-hmm. There's We know the victim. I'm guessing the victim has a pretty good idea of who clocked them. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of witnesses. Why haven't we heard anything? As it pertains to... What? what from the police side of yes. things? Still investigating? How long? How much? I mean, how long? We know what happened. We saw it with mm-hmm. our own two eyes. Well, there's all the rumors out there that something there was an incident inside of the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was ice being thrown or a cup being thrown, something like that. So then you have to go to the bar and get that footage, and you have to go that route and go through it. Then you have to see, are charges going to be filed? Well, that's the question I have. Yeah. 
is uh, does they just want to let's just let this thing get over with right because there was some wrong on the victim's part to, that led to I, I don't know but I'm surprised we haven't heard anything see Regardless, I'm not I, it feels like these a lot of times are drawn out a lot mm-hmm. more I'm thinking of a bar fight where there that I was not a part of but I knew people that were involved back in college yeah, but was there a video back in the day back there in the was day? it was like a security cam okay and it was grainy we, oh yeah but it was. <laughs> I mean, probably upwards of a month before anything came down and came out of it. But I'm guessing that there was no one with the stature in Iowa City that was involved like a Jordan Bohannon. Sure, but you're still talking about, I mean, you've got to do this right, correct? I mean, you can't yeah. just, as Jordan Bohannon, let's just fast forward it. It's not the way that it works. If no, and I don't know what kind of resources they have there, right. I guess, to be fair. As yeah. far as, it's just, I, I thought we would know something this week. Anyways, um, not that big of a deal. Uh, but um, Tom Caker will join us at 11.25. And then our barbecue giveaway, Claxons in Altoona. If you've got barbecue on the um, on your tongue this week, you feel like a little taste of BBQ, you're not going to do it yourself. I really highly recommend that uh, you make your way to Altoona. Uh, Andy and his team over there have been making barbecue in Altoona for the residents of that portion of our fine central Iowa community for over 25 years. So they're doing it right. 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, Claxton's Barbecue at 1145. All right, Trent, you and I and, uh, and most of our audience, I'm guessing, have watched a lot of baseball in their lives. Mm-hmm. And never have we seen a mind cramp uh, that we saw on the full display last night. Do you want to hear it? Do you have it? Well, who do you have? Do you have the Pittsburgh call or do you have the Chicago call? Uh, this is Marquee Network. Okay. Here's Boog. Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Stole a run. You have got to be kidding me. Javi Baez. Keep going. Go. Go. Think you're invisible. <laughs> El Mago indeed. Uh, watching Anthony Rizzo bent uh-huh. over uh, for, in, in laughter was unbelievable. Uh, watching the play that the Pirates' first baseman, the, the brain cramp he had, instead of you know, filling the ball, stepping on the base and going to your dugout and getting ready to take your turn at bat because, after all, there were two out. Here's the thing. The other thing from that video, as you'll notice, uh, obviously the game was in Pittsburgh because Boog and JD had no idea, as anybody did, that mm-hmm. Contreras was actually on the move. Right. He wasn't stopping at third base. He was rounding third and heading for home. And only when he appeared in the uh, in the shot, which was very late in the process, did um, oh. You know, could you, they almost, it surprised him. It surprised everybody that the Cubs were supposed to about score a run. And that is where I come to my most incredible part of the whole video. Did you see what, what, what Baez is doing when before he runs to first? Before he runs to before, first. So he's, he knows he's going to be out at first. So he starts running back home, as we see. Mm-hmm. And then, out of nowhere, comes Contreras. Yes. And Contreras slides. And what does Baez do before he runs to first base? Celebrates? No. He looks at the umpire. Safe! He makes the call. Have you got the video? Have you I got do. the audio? Yes. It's, it's I will incredible. watch it again. So here's the part. The umpire screwed that up. You realize that, right? In, in what respect? He wasn't safe. 
He was not safe until Baez touches first base. The umpire, and I'm watching it right now. You're exactly right. Yeah. Baez gives a little safe call. And that because makes he would have been out had, he would had, have had been Baez out. not been safe at first. So the umpire ruled safe too quickly. Absolutely. I got you. That yes, was a sure. mistake. That will be in his report yeah. that he did that incorrectly. Yeah. Well, maybe was, Baez pressured him. Well, exactly. <laughs> and you're, you're sitting there like, yeah, he's right. He is safe. Yeah. He actually wasn't safe, though. Not at he that wasn't point. wasn't safe until Javi Baez mm-hmm. touched first base. What a disaster. Oh, my God. And I love it. I, I just I love this little nuance of baseball. This is what makes the game mm-hmm. absolutely incredible, is you're going to see something. It's the old Bob Ryan line. Yes. You go to the ballpark, yep. and you're going to see yep. something different every single the, day. Sports is the biggest, It's the best reality show in the world. Rob Bob Ryan said that mm-hmm. repeatedly. Um, Trent, the only thing that was missing, and I've seen a couple of mock-ups of it, uh, the Hawk doing the play-by-play. But what's missing from it is the Benny Hill music. Oh, yes. I thought the exact same thing yesterday. Because that's what this video needs. What's that? What's the name of that? There is a... It's called something. I don't. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Right. But it's... Oh, I don't remember what it's called. Anyways, regardless... Look, it's just one of those things, right? It's an all-timer. It's an all-timer. And an all-timer by his guy who's as much fun to watch in baseball a- as anybody. I mean, you don't buy tickets. You should, Otani, when he's yes, pitching and yeah. when he's hitting. Um, but for what the, the joy he brings, the no-look tag, the, uh, the, 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 the way he tags at second base, period, he sw- the way he swings the bat, uh, the way he fields his position, he made a play. Now, he made gaff in the play that, uh, in the ninth inning. But he fielded a ball behind second base yesterday. There's, just a, there's a very short list of guys that can do what he does defensively. Yakety sacks, is that That's what, you're looking what for? it is. Thank you. <laughs> Can't you picture Baez running home at this point and being the first baseman chasing him? And on Betty Hill, you got to speed it up. So you got yeah, to right. have the legs moving a little quicker. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I can but say. that's what this play needed. There's no doubt. And if I was technically savvy, which I'm far from, I had the exact same thought yesterday. Yeah. Is it? Are we showing our age a little bit? Maybe. When... Well, you. I'd be worried for you. I mean, <laughs> I am my age. You're right. <laughs> I'm getting there too. I, I keep climbing that ladder. It's not slowing down. But you know what? It's way better than the alternative. The very true. Very mm-hmm. true. It was just an afternoon. That puts a smile on your face yeah. and shows you, I've loved these NHL playoffs. This is as invested Ugh. as I've been in a long time. NBA, I've been in it a lot mm-hmm. deeper than I anticipated. For the I first would. round. I mean, yes. you, we usually, as you're right, we struggle with the first round normally. But the yes. matchups are good. They have been. I think it's the Knicks, certainly a big mm-hmm. part of it for me. And I'm not a Knicks fan, but that's that franchise, right? It's the Mavericks the, getting out to a 2-0 yes. start. It's a series that I wasn't overly excited about. No, Doncic. And he is incredible mm-hmm. to see. And, and it's Anthony Davis. It's LeBron. Uh, the, the playoffs are good. I'm with you, Trent. And yet there's still this spot for baseball. Mm-hmm. They're better in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they don't make us choose. But that was one thing also last night I was thinking about. The Twins were off. And outside of seeing a little bit of the Cubs... I didn't watch baseball at all last night. I was invested well, it comes in the other. Well, Cubs were a day game. Right. And because of that, the Cardinals played late against Arizona. I, I saw went to, went to extras. I was still up, and I didn't even flip hmm. over there. I was still I was too locked into the U2 NBA games and overtime in Carolina-Nashville, which 
frustrated yeah. to no end on that one. Right. As I thought I had a winner there in regulation with Nashville. Boy, those fans are great. They're, yeah, they that's, are. A, that's a great town for, for, for hockey. really is. There's a lot of, you know, places, Vegas, obviously, mm-hmm. being one of but, those. But Raleigh? Look at look at how Carolina supports hockey in the southern states. Even that Tampa, Florida series, those teams yeah. hate each other. Right. And those fan bases, mm-hmm. they were revved up mm-hmm. for that. I mean, Florida hasn't had a good hockey team well, Trent, they since can't the draw, 90s. Yeah, yeah, since the night. Yeah, I think probably since. But they can't draw flies during the regular season. Right. I mean, it's it's it, it's just doesn't. But playoffs? You think you'd want to go in there and get cool at least living in Miami? <laughs> yeah, really? Um, I've never been in that building. Haven't? I've not been in that. I think it's the same place as the Heat play, right? I believe so, yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. I've been in the Tampa building, but I saw Drake play there, not hockey. Drake? The in, in the uh, the ba- no 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 the rapper no no look no, at them, you them Mr. bulldogs oh those that Ty Rogers in Western Kentucky in that Drake game the university um, not the rapper guy. right 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 uh, I saw Tampa Bay play at uh, the Trop the the Lightning really hockey at the Trop boy, how was weird awful. was that it was terrible just terrible <laughs> I mean the team was terrible when they first came in but the venue for that putting a putting a hockey rink in the middle of that it was it was awful anyways uh so the Baez play was unbelievable the puck last night was terrific Joe O'Donnell coming up here in a couple of minutes we will pick his brain as to uh you know how this thing is going to unfold tonight how how the wild can go on the road can they go on the road and 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 pick off uh, the Golden Knights. Um, Minnesota had their number during the regular season. This Las Vegas is a good team. I think the hockey world, I'm not sure they were hoping for. I think they were expecting to see Colorado and Las Vegas in the next round. And by the way, whoever wins this game tonight gets tomorrow, well, I guess to travel to Denver because that series starts on Sunday night. Whoever wins the game tonight, no rest. They're right back at it. Uh, as these playoffs roll on. I'm with you, Trent. They've been terrific. They're all the overtime games, um, fantastic. In Game 7, to me, in the NHL, there is nothing like it. And we're going to get one tonight. Joe Donald's the voice of the Iowa Wild. We'll get him, both him and John Schaefer back once we get to the Final Four. Uh, but wanted to get Joe in here today to opine on this. Joe, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, there's nothing like Game 7. I don't have to sell you on it. That's for certain. Boy, this one's this one's got a chance to be uh, an edgier seater. I think it's been a fun, fun series. Disallowed goals playing massive roles in a couple of these games. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm not saying that they will, Joe O'Donnell, but the Wild can absolutely march into Vegas and win this game. Well, look, it's uh, Minnesota's got a lot of momentum, guys, and thanks for having me on. And, and as you guys know, this time of year that can be a an important thing. Uh, there's also sort of that theory that. You know, momentum doesn't carry over game to game, but when you've won back-to-back games uh, against a team that, you know, is the heavy favorite, I think going into Vegas in Game 7, Minnesota's got to feel pretty good about their chances, and uh, the right players for them have stepped up the last couple of games. They're getting that depth scoring again that we saw from them all year long, and they got great goaltending in Game 6 from Cam Talbot. So nothing better in Game 7, as you said it, Kenny. I'm looking forward to it. Talbot has been incredible really this playoffs, has. and it was a question I remember asking Ken beforehand because I felt like they had two pretty good goalies. Talbot, of course, was the one, but just how quick a hook would be, he said, no, this is the dude. He has been the dude. Now, how does a guy, I don't know, we see this happen a lot. We were just talking about the Florida Panthers, John Van Beesbrook, how felt like he just went to another level back in the 90s taking that team to a cup. We've seen this time in and time out. What does it take for a goalie to to take that next playoff step? 
I think it's really just the fit was right. Uh, when Minnesota Wild uh, GM Bill Guerin was looking at the goaltending options this summer, you know, they looked at a lot of analytics from everything I understand and read, and, and it was that last year Minnesota defended really well, and they just didn't get good enough goaltending. So they looked at the market and saw Cam Talbot, a veteran guy, that uh, did exactly what num- the numbers said he would, which is make the routine save and occasionally make the you know, the high-quality save. And with the way Minnesota plays defensively and checks as a team, they kind of felt it was a good fit. And he was outstanding all year long, really, uh, at Excel Energy Center, almost unbeatable. Mm-hmm. When he was injured or on the COVID list, Kapo Kakinen stepped in. But I think what you're seeing from Cam Talbot is exactly what they were hoping to get, which is a steady presence back there. And uh, his game right now is, is in a good spot. And goalies, as you guys just touched on, can get going. Um, they can get in that groove. And if he locks in early in this game, you know, I expect it to be a low-scoring game and another tight one. Yeah, because there's certainly a good goalie down in the uh, the other end of the ice oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, you know what I want to ask you, Joe? I, and I'm not sure, did Erickson Eck return after he seemed to hit his leg? He did. He did come back? Okay, yeah. so he's fine then? Yeah, which was crazy, too, because I don't know if you guys, I mean, I, I actually went back and I, you know, at that commercial break in Game 6, I went back and I paused like a, freeze frame and his left knee went completely into the goalpost. Mm-hmm. It was fully, you know, his leg was fully extended. It could have been real bad. Yeah. Um, and I was worried that it might have been, but he did return. And uh, my understanding is he's fine to go for game seven. Because his line has been unbelievable. I mean, that, and, and Joel yep. Erickson Eck at the same time. I mean, when we had our little, uh, our, our four way in here with uh, Schaefer and you and Trent and I mentioned the fact that Ryan Hartman, I think my question, when the hell did he get good? Because he's been yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And Erickson Eck, I don't remember him being this good until this year. Well, his offensive game has taken off, Kenny, and that was the thing that everybody was waiting for. I mean, he's a you know 15th overall pick or whatever he was a couple years back, so first rounder, and he often gets compared to Brock Besser because Besser's mm, a Minnesota oh kid, and yeah. he went the next pick. Yeah. And Besser scored, what, 30 goals one year, maybe 40? I mean, so when you have Eric Sinek putting up eight, nine goals the <laughs> first few years or whatever the numbers were, you know, obviously the comparison – fair or not, is going to be there. But Jewel Erickson X is going to be a Selkie Trophy winner for best defensive forward at some point in his career and maybe multiple times. And, you know, having seen him in Iowa, having followed him closely, knowing how the coaches always felt about him when he was in the minors for those brief stints, is that he competes his you-know-what off, uh, he's hard to play against, and he gets under the other team's skin. And his offensive game now is matching some of those other intangibles he brings. And so right now with him, Greenway, uh, and, and, and Felino, you know, when they're out there as a trio, they are hard mm-hmm. to play against. They're in the offensive zone, and their physicality has been a big reason why Minnesota is still in this series. Joe Cocky people have been telling me, just wait, Kevin Fiala, he's going to be a star. He's going to be the – he's going to – and it feels like he's been around forever. He's still only 24, which is crazy to think about it in its own right. But this guy – had that breakout performance in Game 6. Talk about him, a guy I'm sure you probably know pretty well, and just his development, what he means, and, and a guy that probably is going to be pretty important here tonight to win a Game 7. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember Paul Fenton, the last GM from Minnesota, traded for him because mm-hmm. he had drafted him in Nashville. He had played a bit in Milwaukee in the minors, so Iowa Wild fans probably remember him, um, at least for a bit. Dean Evison coached him there, Minnesota's bench boss now, so there's a lot of familiarity getting the player at the time of the trade, but it was a um, a tough deal to make because you gave up Mikhail Granlund, 
who was a former first-round pick and a heck of a player, and so there was a lot of comparisons there. You know, obviously when you're giving up a good player, but Paul Fenton at the time said Kevin Fiala is a game-breaker. Well, it took a while, but Dean Evans now is his coach again, and last year he started to turn games around single-handedly, continued into the bubble in the playoffs last year, um, and it's really continued all throughout this year. And, and one of the things I found interesting is that after, you know, earlier in the series he was snake-bitten a bit getting chances, not scoring. And Dean Evason has always preached, just stay with it. And I guess Bill Guerin even went and chatted with him, a guy with four Stanley Cup rings, two as a player, two a management, yeah. and said, like, hey, just stay with it. And at some point, we're going to need you. And boy, was he outstanding. That pass to Hartman in game six to, to score the game winner was filthy. The goal then on the power play to basically put the nail in the coffin. Again, world-class shot. Kevin Fiala is legit. Minnesota's been waiting a long time for one player like that, let alone two now with Kaprizov and Fiala. So uh, it's what makes him very different than from in years past. Uh, disallowed goals have played a goalie interference, and both of them oh, played a yeah. huge role in both the Felino one, and then it followed that up in in Game Six. We saw a goal taken away because Alex Tuck was in the crease. Uh, by the letter of the law, I don't have any problem with either one of the calls, Joe. How about you? I disagree, Kenny. I, I, I'm starting to get rattled about this. I feel like in a league that has been trying to boost scoring and we talk about the offense and how the game has grown in that regard, we're taking goals off the board like crazy now on plays that I really didn't think were that big of a deal. So uh, we'll see how it plays out you know, in the next few weeks of those Stanley Cup playoffs. But honestly, um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the side of like let these guys play. Mm-hmm. You know, If it's clear-cut goal interference, that's fine. But the Felino one that Minnesota had wiped off, the tuck one, you know, on the fence. Obviously, I'm glad for the Minnesota right. it didn't count, but yeah. I'm just seeing across the league yeah. a lot of these, like, everybody's challenging it now because they're mm-hmm. giving the goalie the benefit of the doubt. You know, we're taking goals off the board. I don't know if that's a great thing for the sport. Yeah, it's just, it's just the whole replay thing, right? I'm not sure that that's what it was meant to do, but that, it's like it's like a guy steals second base and his and his foot comes off the bag for a millisecond, and they find that and and he's out. Um, yeah. I, I think that's one of the one of the faults of replay. So, as a uh, folks that will be watching the Wild tonight, who on the Golden Knights worries you? Who do you want to see shut down? Is it Marsha Show? Is it Mark Stone? Who do they have to pay yeah, close attention to? It, for me, Kenny, it's Stone, and we'll see if Max Pacioretty plays. He hasn't played at all that's in the series. Yeah. He's one of their best players. If there's ever a time to get a guy back, it's Game 7. Um, that place is going to be rocking. I hope Minnesota can weather the storm early. But, yeah, when you're talking about Mark Stone, he's a difference maker for them. He's flipped this series upside down a couple of times already. Yeah. Uh, so if Minnesota can continue to check well, that'll be the big thing. You saw it in Game 6. There wasn't a lot of ice for either team. Almost an ugly game in that regard, but a well-played game. If Minnesota can get that going in Game 7 where Vegas doesn't have free ice, They'll be just fine. If Vegas is wheeling up and down all over the place, trading chances, that's when Minnesota's got to get the game back under control. Uh, I, I saw, and you let us know this a uh, couple of weeks ago, and I think you're, the way you put it was, I hope I don't get in trouble. <laughs> but it sounds as though, Joe, and what doesn't sound like it, because I heard it on the broadcaster or somewhere in the last couple of days, uh, that the XL is going to be expanding how many people get in the building should they advance. Yeah, and, and a lot of it comes down to the airflow. So all these arenas that don't meet those standards need to uh, put in the resources to get their building up to snuff from that standpoint. So it can cost teams six figures to increase their airflow capacity or whatever needs to be done with their HVAC systems or whatever it is. 
and that allows them then to you know to bring in more people it's not a county thing it's just literally now essentially an airflow and sanitation standpoint in each building so depending on the arena depending on the cost is essentially what each team's got to balance and whether or not they want to welcome in five more thousand or ten more thousand people and then they've got that ensuing cost is my understanding so uh, but, yeah, all things point to Minnesota allowing way more fans should they advance and get the round two. Carolina-Tampa got the mm-hmm. Islanders in Boston and more than likely Toronto against Ken's Winnipeg Jets. Of those other series that it looks like we're going to get, which one excites you the most? Which, uh, what should a casual fan like myself get most invested in? I'm telling you, I've been on it all year, this Canadian division. I love it. Um, I think Toronto's got all the skill in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can get Tavares back after that scary injury, <sighs> Um, they're obviously a strong team, and, and I you know who thought Winnipeg would sweep Edmonton? So Not me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what Winnipeg brings in round two, and uh, and if Toronto's got the horses to, to obviously get it done in advance. Yeah, and then whoever wins this game tonight, Joe, talk about a short turnaround. They dropped the puck on Sunday night in Denver, seven o'clock our time. So the winner, I guess they if the Wild win, I'm assuming they'll stay in Vegas tonight and head to Denver tomorrow, right? Yep, that's the plan. I, I was told by Dan Myers, who writes for Wild.com, he had a pack for, you know, the the possibility of going to Denver as well. So they they would be on the road for a while, play games one and two there, and but they'll take it. Chance to advance the division finals against that wagon that is the Avalanche. Um, it'll be awesome for the organization. Sorry, Joe, I got one more on Game Seven tonight, and uh, I was shocked by this. I, I was reading was it Greg Wazinski, the ESPN writer. He had something that there is actual talk that Vegas is not going to have Marc-Andre Fleury in goal tonight, that they're going to go to Leonard, their backup. I, I understand media people trying to kind of maybe generate a little something here. There's no way you do that, right? If if that happens, Pete DeBoer, and they lose, isn't he fired on the spot? I mean, the one thing that would save them, Trent, is that they've done this all year. I think the last okay. 15 games or so of the season, they literally alternated every game. Huh. Now, is it fair to Robin Leonard to sit him for games one through six of the series and then drop him in in game seven? Probably not. But if there's a guy that can handle it and has that poise, it's probably him. He's been through everything. So um, we'll see. Uh, they have one of the best goaltending duos in the league. They haven't had a show it yet. Flurry's been great and not so much the last couple of games. He hasn't been bad, but Minnesota's just found a way. Um, and that's what they were preaching all series. Stay with it. We'll find a way. They've done it the last couple of games. They forced this game seven. You know, we'll see. I, I'd imagine Flurry starts. Um, if Minnesota takes an early lead, does, does Leonard come in at that point? I don't know. It's, it's definitely an interesting storyline. Uh, let's just hope we, we get to, we get to see what happens yeah. if Minnesota pops a few early in game seven. Oh, can't wait, Joe. Appointment TV tonight, uh, 8 o'clock puck drop. NBCSN has it. Thank you, Joe O'Donnell. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks once we get down to the Final Four. We'll get you and John, hopefully, be able to come in studio um, and actually, you know, look across the table at you, which would certainly be something. <laughs> Joe, thank you. Good to see you. Good to Thanks, talk guys. to you. Yep. yep, take care. Joe O'Donnell, voice of the Iowa Wild, as we take a little look-see. Uh, ahead to tonight. Yeah, I read that this morning as I knew we were having show on and trying to do as much prep as I could. And I, I, I like, did, did I have too many beers last night? Mm-hmm. That, that can't be But that apparently is right. I guess I just didn't. Re- I know Mark Andre Fleury, right? I know. Yeah. I know that dude. Winner? Mm. Don't He's know. okay. I, so if they get up 2 nothing. In the first. I mean, is it Minnesota? That, yes. Is it that quick of a hook? Yeah, I think you have to. It's game seven. It's game seven. I mean, how wild would that be? Oh, I know it.
Uh, we also, will, DeBoer, 5-0 yeah. in Game 7s. Is he really? Yeah. He's a good coach. Yeah. He's a good coach. We'll take a timeout, come back, and, uh, well, this is the final day, by the way, of uh, our $1,000 home run contest. Do you have a home run queued up, TC? I had one, and I took it down when I brought the Baez up because uh, no big deal. that one was too good not to play. <laughs> yeah, with the yakety sacks. That's what belongs underneath that bad boy. Time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword school. School at KXNO.com. It's your chance for $1,000. Miller and Condon, 1030. Bama Bob's next. College football conversation on 1460. KXNO and 106.3 FM. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. A Friday fall staple, this music. Love it. I do, too. I do, too. That means college football is here, and it will be. It's just going to take a little bit longer. But 99 days till the first I full Saturday. So August the 28th, is that what the day is? No, that's uh, that would be 92 days until oh, so that. that's so it's even sooner. Till we get uh, the first full Saturday, though, oh, 99 Saturday. days away. Yes, I'll take the 92, Trent yeah. Condon. So <laughs> no, will you. Yeah. So will Bama Bob as he joins us as we talk a little college football. Bama, how are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? How about those Jets, Kenny? Hey, thank you. How about those Jets? Yeah, I'm surprised, Bama. <laughs> I'm really surprised. Didn't see that coming. Glad that they're advancing, well, you got though. Another two, another two weeks of hockey for Ken Miller. At, Not bad. At least. At least. I think, well, yeah. you know what? Well, it's college football. I'll save that. But I think that yeah, uh, they got a chance. Not, not to get. Look, I don't think whoever comes out of Canada. The Canadian division, I think they're fodder. I, I'm watching these other divisions. I just think they're better, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Bama, the uh, we we were, I think, treated to it. We got a little bit of a, uh, a, a college football treat yesterday when the, when uh, the t- kickoff times, at least for the first three weeks. I know it doesn't move everybody's needle, but man, it sure moved mine. Just seeing a little <laughs> college football nugget, we were so overdue. Do you have any takeaway on that? I mean, the bowl games all came out. I guess the semifinals are going. <coughs> excuse me, are going to happen on New Year's Eve. I guess that upsets some people. Certainly not uh, me. Your takeaway from what we uh, what we found out yesterday, if anything. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that the biggest thing for me is it just seems like unless it seems like we're getting back to a normal season. You know, we had all the stuff mm-hmm. last year. Are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Conferences not playing. Conferences opting back in. You know, seven-game schedules, full schedules, postponing. You know, it just seems like to me the biggest thing is, I mean, you can look at these games now. There were, there were a bunch of games. I just remember last year, Ken, there were so many games, big games that were canceled because of this. You know, LSU going to Lambeau Field to play Wisconsin, yes. Oklahoma going to Army, uh, a true road game. Mm-hmm. And those just got wiped out. But you start looking at the schedule now, and you can really get excited about, you know, Clemson and Georgia. I mean, how big is that game right out of the chute? 
Um, there's there's just so there's just so many big ones this year, and you know unless something goes crazy wrong, we're going to play them. And to me, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, listen, if some people want to get upset over when we play the, the playoffs, that's fine. But I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody's. No ratings or anything like that um it might actually help them uh, might keep a few people off the street although it might put a few more in bars <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean you never know but uh, to me it's just it's it's so refreshing from where we sat this time a year ago in may and the, the position we're in and i know we're total we're not out of it yet i mean I, i'm not saying that we're out of it but you start looking at some of these nba venues and mm-hmm. and certainly the in nashville last night with the predators awesome. i mean I mean, it's just fantastic. You know, how about the, the scene on Long Island with with, yeah, with the Islanders? Right. I mean, just full houses, and we're getting back to that. And I just really hope we can get we we can get some sense of normalcy. And I think we will this season. It's been so long, uh, and last year was great. Look, I mean, there were there were pockets last year that were great, but I mean, to me, it's just it seems like we're going to have a normal college football season this year. I'm with you. fantastic. Jamie Pollard uh, tweeted this morning, they've already sold 47,000 season tickets. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, they're expecting full house in Kinnick and full house in Jack Trice, and away we go. Here's question number one for you guys. The highest win totals uh, that have been put out, this is DraftKings, I believe, Trent. Alabama and Clemson, 11.5. Oklahoma, Ohio State, 11. Uh, 10.5 for Georgia, and then 10, North Carolina, Cincinnati, and Coastal Carolina. Of those, what is that, eight teams? Trent, which of those eight teams will fall under their win total? Under the win total. And why? I'm going with Clemson. That's the one. Because in order for them well, to get over, mm-hmm. they have to go undefeated. Correct. I don't think they're going to be undefeated after... Yes, we got to see DJ Ugalele, and he was mm-hmm. incredible in that start. Still lost that football game. Now, that was the defense. They return a lot defensively. Yeah. I just, I don't know. There's that sneaking suspicion that maybe, not that the wheels are falling off or anything like that, but they were at just such an incredibly high level, and they had a once-in-a-generation quarterback. As good as I think he's going to be, there's got to be some kind of step back here. I'm going Clemson, going on the under for that one. Well, and here's the thing. If you bet Clemson and you take the over, week one you could be ripping up your ticket. Absolutely. Because as Bama just said, they play right, Georgia, Georgia right yep. out of the shoot. Bama, what's the answer to that question? Where are you going to go? Who doesn't uh, Who doesn't get to their win total? I'm with Trent on this one. And, and <laughs> Clemson, if you think about it, has had two once-in-a-generation quarterbacks. Yeah, right. Deshaun right. Watson yeah. was before Trevor Lawrence. So. And listen, all, all credit to to DJ, uh, but I just don't know that he's in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. At the end's gone. Uh, he was a major factor. And look, I I understand they have built that program now in the in the mold of Alabama, if you will, that they are really going to reload. Okay, but you're absolutely right. That eleven and a half indicate, you know, that that basically means they got to run the table, and you you could. You know, like you said, week one against a really good Georgia team, I think, with JT Daniels. Um, I mean, I, I like Georgia in that game, and so I'm, I'm going to go that way. I'm going to say Alabama falls under. Mm. And, and and I just, look, they've got a road game at Florida. they got a road game at A&M. They open against Miami, who I think they'll handle. But you think of all that they're – think of all that they've lost. And, I again, I know it's Nick Saban. They reload, all that kind of thing, you know. 
Sertan off the defense. I mean, you know, Barmore. I mean, all these. What they have? Seven first round picks. Something ridiculous. Boatload. Yep. Yeah, just you know, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, obviously uh, Mac Jones, a quarterback, Najee Harris. I mean, those are just those are all time SEC or certainly players of the decade, if you will. Uh, when you start talking about all time Alabama players, and I just don't know that you're going to replace all of that and go undefeated. I think they'll be really good. They'll, the A and M game is the one that I'm looking at. Of course, they're replacing the two teams I mentioned. Their toughest road games, Florida A and M. Florida's got a new quarterback. You know, Trask is gone. Mond is gone. Um, you know, King is hurt, I think, still at Miami. So um, I just think it's going to be really hard for them to run the table. But I, I think it's if you really if you really look at those, I mean, Clemson-Georgia week one just plays so much in that. Clemson yeah. loses, they're going under. Georgia loses, they can only afford one more loss. So, I mean – it, it's because I think they're at what a uh, ten and a half, ten and a half, or something like that. So they have to win. You know, they would have to run the table there. But I'm going to go Clemson and Alabama. I just think that it's just. I looked at Ohio State and Oklahoma. I just don't see two losses on those schedules. North Carolina. I think you could get a push out of them at ten. I just, you know, there may be a couple losses on there. But I'm going to go with the big dogs, Clemson and Bama. Let's go the other way. If you had to make a bet on the team that goes over, well, you cross off the top two because, and I'm with you, I mean, because you have to go undefeated in order to do Mm -hmm. that. I think I got my team there, and it's towards the bottom of the list for me. It'd be the Cincinnati Bearcats. We talked about them yesterday. I really do. What's the the quarterback? Ritter? Ryder? Ritter. Ritter. He's good. He's good. That defense is really good. Yeah. Luke Fickle, why didn't he take a job? Because yeah. he had this team coming back. Yeah. He's got a really good one there. Interesting. And there were 10, Trent? 10, yeah. Uh, so let's, They're let's, not going 9-3. and three. No, I don't think so either. So they're your, as you said yesterday, uh, when we, uh, I don't know, uh, we talked, they're your dark horse playoff team. Yeah, they go to Notre Dame, they go to <clears throat> Indiana, they have the non They have to win them both. Teams. They have to be undefeated. They have to be 13-0, yeah. and, and they probably need somebody else in the American to be really good, too. They need yeah, Central Florida yeah. and eleven and one, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame to be ten and two, and Indiana to be nine. They have so much, mm-hmm. and you need to have probably at least two, if not three, Power Five conference champions with multiple losses. Mm-hmm. I mean, a ton has to fall. A lot of boxes to check, but I, 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 I see your um, what the, your way of thinking about mm-hmm. that. If they beat Notre Dame, if they beat Indiana, I think Indiana's going to be a decent team. Yeah, and if Notre Dame's ten and two, and like you say, they need someone in their conference to step up. Bama, you got a dark horse playoff team. I'm with Trent. I mean, I just think of Cincinnati. That team is so good. They've been good. Um, you know, they've, they've, they're developing something. They're trying to become Boise, you know, and, you know, you're right. Fickle, I don't know why he didn't leave, but I don't know what offers he had. But I I mean, listen, you can recruit athletes there Mm -hmm. and he's doing that. And, you know, that Notre Dame game, I think is just huge. It's on the road. It's coming off a bye week for them, too. That's a big thing. Uh, you know, Indiana again on the road, Big Ten team. I mean, that's so that's their season right there at Indiana by week at Notre Dame. I, I just I don't know that there's anybody else in that conference that's really going to be competitive with them. Um, I don't know how good SMU is this year. Uh, I, I just I think they're a team again, like Trent said, they need a lot of help. They got to run the table. I just don't see anybody else. I can't. I cannot fathom. I don't care what Coastal Carolina does. You're never going to get Coastal Carolina in the playoff. Hmm. Um, not unless we expand to eight, which I think ultimately, mm-hmm. and maybe we can tease this for a later show. I think if you 
you start looking at Alabama's future schedules out in the next decade, I think we're going to 18th playoff teams um, because it, it's it's kind of stacked with some some big teams. But until we go to eight, I don't I don't think a team like Coastal Carolina is going to get in. I think Cincinnati's going to have a hard time getting in. But and they're gonna the, the biggest problem with them is going to be having people schedule them. I mean that's going to be the biggest mm-hmm. fight for them. You know, it's like Notre Dame. I don't know when this game was scheduled, but I guarantee you, Notre Dame is not looking <laughs> yeah. forward to this. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, Cincinnati would be my my dark horse team. I'm going to go North Carolina because they don't play Clemson, and if it's not Clemson, then it's going to have to be somebody. And even if it is Clemson, it gets to the championship game. North Carolina's yeah. got a quarterback. They've got a quarterback coming they back. Um, Howell's a good player. And Howell's, um, I mean, he's he's talked about his, I don't know if he's the first quarterback that's in the mock drafts coming off next year. I know Rattler in Oklahoma's got a, getting a lot of love. But I would just take North Carolina just because if it's not Clemson, it's got to be somebody. Here's a question that I don't know if there's a right answer. And... I stopped at 2000 just because of reference point. I don't know why. <laughs> but who's the most dynamic, the most exciting? I don't know if the best is the right way to describe it because best can go a lot of different directions. I got this one. It's easy. Who's the best running back, Trent Condon, since 2000? The duo. Together? No, the best running back. Oh, see, I read the – when you posed this question to us. So you want, you, you want the, the Auburn duo? No. No, 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 no. USC. Reggie Bush, Lendell White. Yeah, well, Reggie Bush is on my list. but Yeah, but and, yeah. and him alone yeah. definitely is up there. But I, I read it for whatever reason as duo, and I thought that was easy. I thought there was no... Da- Cadillac, who is it? Cadillac and Ronnie Brown, yeah, right? Yeah. I, th- I yeah, didn't think they good. held a candle to what USC had. No. Reggie Bush, the speed, yeah. put him in the slot, and then the power of Lendell White. Mm-hmm. I thought that was far and away number one for me. All right, but if it's just one, you'd go Reggie Bush? Probably. Now i got to think a little deeper, though. All right, Bama. Well, Trent's thinking, who's your? I mean, most dynamic, or put a, or a couple if you want. Yeah. So, just I did some research on this once you send it out, and but just before I did, I just you know popped into my head. You know, I'm thinking, okay, let me think. You know, going back to 2000, and uh, and Reggie Bush was a guy that just stood out to me. I mean, that he was so dynamic. I just remember that play where he, you know, he was running down the sideline, yes. took off from the ten yard line, right. and jumps in. I mean, I mean. He was USC. Leinert was great. Lindell White was great. Mm-hmm. They had they had a very underrated defense. Uh, you know those that game linebackers. Of the year Texas. Yeah. Oh my God. You know that that but that you know the title of the Rose Bowl game that they lost to Texas. But you go back and you look at Reggie Bush. He was he was just in a different class. Now I you know another guy that kind of popped into my head. Um, Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. I mean he was really really good. Yep. I think. We might forget because it's been, you know, he was earlier 2000. Yeah, he was like 2001 maybe? Yeah. yeah. He, so, yeah, so, I mean, we might start to forget how good he was in yeah. college. And then, then when I started kind of looking around. Iowa you know, State held him relatively in check the year that they played. I remember that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, you know, if you want to go, you know, non-Power 5, D'Angelo Williams at Memphis was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I'll tell you though, and he's not on the best, and he's not the most dynamic. But and it's gonna, this is true, you know, absolute homer pick for me. The end of Derrick Henry's 2015 season, where he was averaging about 45 carries and about 245 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns, starting with the LSU game, going to Auburn, going into the SEC championship game, and then the playoff it was abs- that was the absolute best finish to a season 
that I've seen. Now, if you want to talk all time, my guy's Barry Sanders, but since mm-hmm. 2000, I'm going with Bush and probably AP right behind him. So I went. Bush is on my list. Uh, Barkley, Penn State is on yeah. my list. Uh, he was he unbelievably was, yeah, that's true. And Absolutely. watching the Rose Bowl in person, what McCaffrey did to Iowa. Yep. And it wasn't just Iowa. It was the, uh, you know, he, he's he got to be built a pretty good resume. Those are three of the guys for, I guess I would push Reggie Bush one. Trent, you going to go yeah. there? Yeah, that's who I ultimately ended up on. But a few other names, Darren Sproles. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ray yeah. Rice. He had Rutgers mm-hmm. on their way to mm-hmm. what looked to be an undefeated season. Now it's the old Big East. It was a little bit different, right. but there's so many of those. Yeah, names. Melvin right. Gordon. Think of those performances yeah. he had. The dude rushed mm-hmm. multiple times for 300 yards in his career. If you want to talk about a team, how about you know how about Wisconsin? You know, yeah. Ron Dane, Gordon, mm-hmm. Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have just had – they've been loaded, and it's that one guy. They don't have the duos. that Alabama's been kind of a duo, you know, like one guy and then the guy waiting in the wings and kind of thing. But, I mean, Wisconsin finds a guy, and, boy, do they ride him. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are those – are, those are really <laughs> – it, it's so hard, but I, and I didn't look at stats. I just went off of yeah, me know, neither. What Same way. Saying. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't care about stats because you know they're the schedules are so uneven and everything and conferences and all that. But I mean, it's just hard for me to get past Reggie Bush on that because he was so good for for really a two year, almost two and a half year period. I mean, just nobody could do anything with him. Ladainian Tomlinson. Yeah, his Jesus, final year was yes. two thousand. Wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, forgot about him. My God. Uh, all right, fellas, we're we're running short on time, so let's do this. And we have the right to change our opinion when we go on record some point in August. Um, <laughs> Trent, you've got Cincinnati in the playoff. <laughs> no, no, oh, no, come on now. You can't okay, back. yes, I do. On May twenty eighth, yes, I got Cincinnati. <laughs> right, in the playoff. You're, you can change your mind. <laughs> right. Who are your other three playoff teams? Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. So no Big Ten. No. Hmm. Bama, uh, you've got... I'm probably going to take another team from Ohio instead of Cincinnati. (laughs) I know I am. Uh, Bama, you've got got Cincinnati in. Who are your other three teams? Uh, I don't have Cincinnati in. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I I think it's going to be hard for them. Listen, I'm going to go Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia. I think the SEC is going to get two. I think Georgia and Alabama could meet... Georgia might be undefeated, and this is all hinging on the fact I think they're going to beat Clemson in week one. Mm-hmm. And I think Clemson, when you really start to look at that schedule after Georgia, there's just not a lot of meat, guys. I mean, South Carolina State is a non-conference Jeez. game, but Georgia Tech, NC State, BC, Syracuse, Pitt, a bad Florida State team, Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, and a bad South Carolina. I mean, there's just nothing left on there, and I just don't even know you know, yeah, it's going to be early. If they lose that game early, you know, they're going to start racking up. They're going to get better, and they're going to start having big wins, and then they're going to have that whole debate. But I just think they got to beat Georgia to get in. I just – and so I'm going to take Georgia. I don't think we could have a – maybe an undefeated Georgia and a one-loss Alabama team playing in the uh, SEC championship game, which I would take right now. That would be a fun game. No, oh, I'm not going to backpedal like you two knuckleheads. I'll take <laughs> North Carolina, <laughs> Alabama <laughs> – Ohio State, and then it gets tough. I and I hate being keeping up with you guys. I guess Oklahoma, yeah. just because I got to take yeah. somebody. Bama, we'll do this in a couple of weeks. Uh, your appearances will be coming more and more frequent as we inch our way 
to August 28th, did you say, Trent? August 28th. That's uh, Week zero, yeah. Week zero. With the Big Ten game. Beautiful. Good stuff, Bama. Enjoy yeah, the weekend. How, how about that? Yeah, open with a Big Ten game. I mean, how fun is that? I'm all Nebraska for it. Illinois. And then UCLA-Hawaii yeah. plays at some point on that day, I think. Didn't we discuss yeah, that? 3 o'clock, ESPN. Well, yeah. I'll take it. Bama, good stuff. Have a good long weekend, Bama. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Appreciate it. You too, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bama Bob, Trent and I talking college football. Bama's with us twice weekly once we get to the season. We'll come back and finish up the hour. Miller and Condon. Uh, Dave Sproul kicks off hour number two. Tom Cakert and Claxons on 1460 KX and Owen. details. minutes of the first hour of the program hour number two we'll kick it off with dave sprow on iowa state follow up with tom cakert on iowa give you four of you anyways uh, an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons. Remember the rules. You're only allowed to play once a month, whether you win or not. Uh, you're only allowed to play once a month. We'll give you four games or four props and a tiebreaker. And then uh, the winner will get 35 the runner-up. $25 in barbecue from our friends at Claxons. You know, back to the Oklahoma-Nebraska State. Did Oklahoma, when, when you saw it for the first time, yeah. what was your first, I guess, what popped into your head first? First thought was what? What a bunch of whiny SOBs. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I, yes, that's when games are scheduled. Right, and they t- they they willingly cash the checks. Well, and at least in my memory bank, when that game was played on Black Friday... It was there, yes! That's when the game was played. I'm sure there were a couple of 230s, but w- yeah. or were there? I I remember it early. I remember... I do too. Everybody mm-hmm. in the Condon family, the ladies would be out shopping, and the guys would be watching mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. On Thanksgiving Friday. Yep. That's how I remember it. Now, his memory is a youngster, so it could be off, but that's how I think of it. I, it just, on the surface, it doesn't make sense to complain about something like that. Is it just complaining to complain? I know they probably wanted it. They lobbied. Game. They wanted They wanted to embarrass Nebraska on national TV in prime time. I don't think there's any other way of looking at it. And could have they had it prime time, but it's on FS1? Yeah, maybe. What would be your preference? I know Nebraska's preference. Apparently, they didn't want to play the game. Make it pay-per-view only. (laughs) That would work for them. Uh, Dave Sproul, Tom Caker, Claxons, Miller & Condon. One more hour to go on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.